Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Welcome to episode 465 of Longbox Heroes. Joe and Todd joining you. Todd, how you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. That's good to hear. I'm ready to talk about some comic news. And hey, I'm going to jinx us and say this is going to be a light show. Oh, dear God. So what you, what, what's the hour and 20 minute mark, you say? Over, under? <laughs> well, you write that down. We'll see. I don't watch the clock while we record the show, you know? Well, we'll know at the end is what I'm saying. I never watch the clock either because that's one of your peeves of pets. It is. Uh, so but what I'm saying is, is whether this goes an hour or an hour 20, do you expect me to remember that you said an hour 20, an hour 20 from now? Uh, yes. I know your mind is like a steel trap collecting all knowledge and never letting it go. Listen, I had, a, I had a rough spell this past Sunday where for like 15 minutes I forgot my niece's name. Oh. I'm like, that's my brother's name. That's his wife's name. That's their new baby's name. What's her name? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, don't help me, anyone. I know it's, that feeling. It's failing, Todd. It's Yes. <laughs> starting to go in my old age. That's why I make so many copious notes for the show. That's why I do, too. This show that is the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts, which is yes, at the very front, but this is still before I did the rundown of the show, so it still counts. All right, run something down, then. All right, so we have uh, some of the news that came out of the Disney D3 big convention-y thing, uh, mostly TV announcements, kind of some clarifications on some movie stuff, and a tease about an actual comic book thing. What? That's right. Uh, We have convention news of what's going on this weekend and possibly your neck of the woods. And Todd's report from our own neck of the woods as he and our good friend Josh went to the Keystone comic book convention in Philadelphia this past weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, Digital books and sales, of course, what we read from this past week, which includes criminal number 77, I almost said 77, jeez, I'm crow, uh, Criminal 7 and Batman 77. That's why I got mixed up. That'll Um, happen. You know, we can scrap the beginning of the show and start over, but we're plowing forward, right? That's right. We don't, you know, mistakes. What do we care about those? That's right. What we're looking forward to uh, this week uh, and reminders about pigskin pickums, the websites, and of course, Todd's Art Attack. You want TV talk? That's over on After Dark this week because there's currently... No ongoing comic book related TV shows. We're in like a five to six week period where there's not really much doing. Right. So let's get into the news. Like I said, very light on the news. Um, let's start with just the co- uh, the cartoons. Touching on that, all this, it's all the stuff Dis- at the Disney Twenty Three Expo. It's like, hey, here's a bunch of stuff that's going to be on uh, the Disney Plus, right? So they're bringing back Spider-Man and his amazing friends, but they're somehow making it, like, more for babies than any of the previous Spider-Man cartoons have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I'm okay with. More Spider-Man, the better. But when I see a headline that says Spider-Man and his amazing friends are coming back, and it's not Firestar and Iceman, I, want no- I really want nothing to do with it. Right. But I'm glad they're doing something that more closely looks like uh, Into the Spider-Verse, which arguably is the... Oh, biggest Spider-Man thing in a while. 
that kind of stands on its own, you know, because the Spider-Man Homecoming and Far From Home stuff are tied into the cinematic stuff. Right, and didn't uh, Far From, not Far From Home, didn't Into the Spider-Verse win an Oscar? I think it did. So there you go. Award-winning Spider-Man movie, too. So I'm glad they're doing that, but I'm also glad that they're doing a Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur show. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, sadly, it's a little bit late on things. Uh, This comic series has been going on for a little while, and I don't think they're publishing it right now. I think she's just part of a team currently. Right. I think this would have done Marvel and Disney better if they released this kind of hotter on the heels of the book actually being a thing. But hopefully it'll put the book back in print. They'll get a new book being published, an all-ages title. And, uh, yeah, hey, listen, the more stuff that they do to get more people interested in comic books, I'm all about it. And I always thought Devil Dinosaur and Moon Boy or Moon Girl or whoever would be a huge hit with kids. What kid doesn't want their own dinosaur, man? Yeah. I, I, I never got it. And I was when I saw this, I was like, yeah, hopefully this will be a big hit for them, you know? Because they need all the Marvel needs all the help they can get in their in their like uh, film projects and cartoon projects. Mm-hmm. The little company that could. So uh, going into some of the TV shows that are going to be on the Disney Plus streaming service, uh, we're not talking about the Star Wars stuff, but they had the teaser trailer for the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, when IG88 did things, I clapped at my computer. There you go. Good. That's right. What if his eyes turn red? What are you going to do then? I'm going to clap more. All right. Um, But we got some information about the existing uh, WandaVision TV show that uh, young Monica Rambeau from the Captain Marvel movie is going to be grown up in this. We're going to get characters that were previously in Ant-Man and Thor movies showing up. And a lot of the press material are making this attempt to feel like the recent uh, Tom King Vision book. I don't know if you saw some of, like, the publicity material for it. Right, them sitting on the couch in the 1950s looking... Yeah! Right. I mean, Uh, copy and A, get an A, hopefully. Yeah, and then for the Falcon Winter Soldier show, um, Sharon Carter, who had previously been in the movies, is going to be in the show, and then they're going to have somebody playing U.S. agent. Ooh. Which is pretty cool. It's someone by the name of Wyatt Russell, who I don't know who that is. I don't know either off the top of my head. He's a former ice hockey player. Ooh. A lot of, a lot of skating stunts in this mm-hmm. show. You might know him from Walking Dead webisodes. Oh, I remember those webisodes. All right, fair enough. Uh, but they also announced a bunch of more um, live action series. This is his, none with any actual dates. Uh, They're going to be doing a Ms. Marvel Kamala Khan show. They're going to be doing a She-Hulk show. And they're also going to be doing a Moon Knight show. (gasps) Finally, Moon Knight gets its big origin story, Joe. You know it as well as I do. Listen, it's it's one of those origins that when they start a film of like a Batman or a Spider-Man or a Superman where you don't even need to show... Or tell that origin because every kid is taught it in school. <laughs> Mark Spector, bit by a radioactive moon, has the proportional strength of a moon. That's right. Now, is every kid taught that origin or they taught that origin? Oh, boy. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. 
Let's hope no one in school is Todd. <laughs> oh my goodness. I didn't want to be Todd in school anyway. But uh, I like the fact that uh, we're getting a She-Hulk TV show too. Yeah, and, that'll be pretty cool. Right. And do you know why Marvel did She-Hulk all those years ago in a comic? Do you know the story, the story behind that? Go ahead. Basically what it was was the Incredible Hulk was huge on TV at the time. And Stan Lee had heard from, I guess, now this part, I'm not 100% sure if it was Stan Lee, but I'm pretty sure it was, had heard from like being like talking to people in Hollywood that ABC, I think it was ABC who had the Hulk TV show at the time, was going to do a spinoff show called She-Hulk. And if they had done it first, then they would have the rights to it. So comics being faster and quicker they're like slam out a, a she-hulk issue and there's no way that we're gonna let this uh this channel have the rights to a character based off one of ours wasn't there something similar with spider woman in the cartoons that i'm not 100 percent sure on i'm almost certain that because of the Spider-Man cartoon, there was talk that they were going to do a Spider-Woman cartoon. So they quick slapdash did Spider-Woman in the comics first. Maybe they did. That that could be. But I know definitely the She-Hulk one was true. Oh, boy. Well, I'm glad to see that sort of practice has stopped in Hollywood. Yes, it's all on the up and up now. So, of these shows that are announced, uh, the TV shows, the Falcon Winter Soldier, the Wanda Vision 1, the Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan, the She-Hulk, the Moon Knight, what are you most excited for? If the, She-Hulk, the She-Hulk. I'm a big fan. I, like, I, of those, I legitimately, like, have read in the past the John Byrne. I would find it interesting if they did it as the John Byrne She-Hulk. Do you remember any of those? Or Yeah, like, it was like, like fourth wall breaking and yes, all that sort of jazz. I think that would be a fantastic take on a comic. And then that way John Byrne can get by a dinosaur bone or two. <laughs> he could... He can sign the contract for the show on the piece of the original cross that he has. That's right. So, okay, so um, sight unseen, just theorizing, of course. You know, whether they go the John Byrne route, or I know Dan Slott was like, of course, pushing his own material. I really thought the Dan Slott run on She-Hulk was really good, where, you know, she's in the super-powered law offices taking in super-powered courses, or cases, rather, and this is your way that you could, like, work in, like, tons and tons of cameos. Right. You know, you could do your one-offs with all these different characters and stuff, and that's... There's a lot of different ways that you can go with a She-Hulk book where I feel as though Moon Knight's a little bit more straightforward, uh, Ms. Marvel's a little bit more straightforward, which is fine, not saying that it's bad or good or, you know, indifferent. Mm. But we have little to go on. We have no casting, we have no dates, we just have a logo. Right. Um... The Wanda Vision stuff, unfortunately, like they're probably the bottom of the barrel characters that I liked in the Avengers movies. But the fact that they're putting out promotional materials closely aligned with the Tom King story gives me a little bit more interest than what I had before. The low key one, you know, we'll see how that goes. But I really like the idea of the the Winter Soldier uh, Falcon one, right? Like those characters in movies, it's very closely tied to Captain America stuff. 
more and more Captain America people are coming into it. U.S. agents going to be in it. Right. I think that one could be like that has the potential to be the best one. No, being that, that being said that yes, that has the most potential to be the best one. But me, you asked me which one more am I most interested in? No, if I knew more about the Shulk, I lean towards the Shulk because, like I said, I just like the whole possibility and the character and everything. But of the ones that we know most about, then I would agree that it's the you know Captain America, Falcon, Winter Soldier, whatever you're going to call it, because like yeah, they had a they had great chemistry in the Avengers movies and stuff like that. So to see them like, you know, uh, like ribbing each other and having it like, you know, just, it could be great uh, out of all the other ones, but I don't know. There's just something about She-Hulk, you know, something about a big, sexy green woman that uh, I kind of like. I concur. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the actual comic news that we got out of the D23 presentation was, I guess what the year end big event is going to be. Uh, A lot of teases, a lot of uh, nothing concrete. Uh, information that just says from a single moment in the pages of Dark Phoenix, Dark Phoenix Saga to the events of Marvel Comics today, then a bunch of stuff that says incoming this December, and then a silhouette of a guy holding a sword that says one will unite them. He-Man. Oh, I wish they got the rights to He-Man. How cool would that be? Oh, he's got the power, Joe. I think they're already doing some sort of He-Man Master of the Universe crossover thing at DC again. That's right. They have those DC. Those have those hideous DC He-Man figures. I like those ones. I thought they were cool. Well, that's one of us. But uh, yeah, I don't know <laughs> who that could be. So it, I, I'm I'm hoping it's less X-Men related, and I hope it's more cosmic related. As there's a random Annihilation one shot in November, mm-hmm. and hopefully that's the beginning of whatever this is. I hope it's Captain Marvel, like the original, like the OG Captain Marvel. I'd love to see him back. I could see it being something like Adam Warlocky. Well, what was I reading? Oh, we were, did you read the latest Guardians of the Galaxy? I have not gotten a chance. I'm very behind on my books, Todd. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't want to spoil anything. That's why I ask. Um, but also, I heard things coming up in that, uh, which isn't out, which will be out later today, is that 1,000 maybe has a that marvel 1000 has a warlock story so it could lead into that and then you know i don't know if you know this joe i'm starting to come into this that what they do in the comics now may have something to do with what's going to be in a movie in two or three years so i would not be surprised if it was warlock adam warlock laying the groundwork because we're going to get that guardians of the galaxy movie with warlock in two or three years you know what i mean like get it set up now yep yep I would say that, you know, we've talked about it before, like these comics are essentially IP farms mm-hmm. so that you could have things that you could hand to people to pitch scripts. Right. And when you get a movie made, you could just slap a movie cover on already pre-existing materials. Does that mean we have to buy up all the Marvel Comics 1000s because they're going to be worth a lot of money when they announce the Warlock thing in the future? Speculating, well, speculating, Joe. Well... You know, and again, we're both, we talked a little bit about this uh, today, but I'm not getting Marvel 1000. I don't think you are either, correct? No, I'm not. I I cannot get a 1000 for a book that shouldn't even have a 1000 mm-hmm. and then pay $799, $999, whatever it is. Right. And all I know is it's just got a ton of creators and I don't know what stories they're doing. Do you know, like, if they had told me that it was a, I'm just using names now, that there was going to be a Jim Starlin 
uh, Thanos story in there. There was going to be a Walt Simonson, Beta Ray Bill story. There was going to be like the greatest hits and things that I want to see. Maybe, maybe you would get me to buy it. But to just go, we're doing a 999, 1000 X amount of pages. And these are all the creators. And we have no idea if these creators are getting one page of a story or getting 20 pages of a story. And I know nothing about it other than the price and the number. I, that's not good enough for to get me to buy it. The thing is, you have to follow like every creator that's involved with the book, every editor that's involved with the book, mm-hmm. plus follow everything that's involved in Marvel because it's all out there. Right. Of like who's doing what. Right, but, but it's not in a place where I can read it all in one. Yeah, that's the thing. It's so much. It's so difficult to to collect. And I know when the Marvel 1000 thing got announced and we talked about it here on the show, we were both kind of excited for it because like, oh, Al Ewing's going to be handling the whole, the bulk of it. Um, kind of like the direction of it, of course, since he was so successful coming off the Immortal Hulk stuff that they're giving him bigger projects and everything like this. But from what I understand, and I don't think this is spoiler talk, but it seems as though this is their push to bring some of those 80-year-old characters back into the regular Marvel Universe that maybe haven't been seen in some time. Right. And that's fine, and that's great, and if you're nostalgic for that sort of thing, then this is the book for you. I'm not. I, I'm okay. Right. I'm sure someone will put the put um, JPEGs up of the four pages of a Spider-Man story that Dan Slott does in the book. Right. And I can I, read that. Yeah, I, and I look at it as, like, if I find out that there's an Al Ewing immortal... Or, uh, immortal hulk in there yeah that's the thing i just think like you said it's all out there a lot of creators on their social media saying i'm doing this character in in 1000 i think marvel could have done a better job relating to me what marvel comics 1000 was and or to other people and they they probably would have generated more sales i think it was mishandled as far as i'm concerned well, you know, the freebie copies that people were given at uh, the D23 Expo this past weekend are already selling on eBay, Todd. So what sort of speculator are you? I'm the speculator. I like to buy high and sell low. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> but no, yeah, I saw they were giving some of those away. And obviously all the She-Hulk ap- first appearances and Moon Knight first appearances, all these books, like they're, every book is going to be worth something someday. Don't get oh, it wasn't, and, and we didn't cover it here because... And Eternals were kind of like the new Inhumans. Yes. But um, some guy from Game of Thrones from a wall or something. Yes. Is going to be a someone in Eternals. Right. And they showed mock-ups of what the costumes might look like. Right. And they said that Cersei and Black Knight might be in the Eternals movie as well. That's the guy that's, uh, you know, Jon Snow. Uh, yeah, Jon said, Snow is uh, the guy who gets killed at the end of season one, right? Of Game of Thrones. No, that's his bastard son. Uh, son. That's uh, it's Jon Snow. What? No, I know. That was the joke from the episode of uh, After Dark that I did where I got all confused. Oh, that's right. I thought you were serious getting it wrong again. No. But he, they've announced that he's definitely the Black Knight. Okay. Okay, well, he'll probably be in more stuff because he's like a name guy, right? Right. So hopefully I could buy that Avengers issue really cheap that he first appears in. Well, I got that Chromium uh, 400 where they're all in their leather jackets and stuff. Oh, sell that to your uh, other podcast right. partner. He's, right. He collects Chromium stuff. Mm. 
he, he needs a conversation on what to do with his money and time. I don't know. I'm not the one to have it with him, though. He needs an intervention. Yeah. All right. So enough of the news. Conventions this weekend. There's a bunch. There's a couple. There's two, three. Uh, there's the Indiana Comic-Con. I'm going to guess in Indianapolis, Indiana. That's the only place where things happen in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Starlin, Glenn Fabry is going to be there. Jim Calafiore, Neil Adams are going to be there. Michael Rooker is going to be there. And Charlotte's grandfather, Rick Whoa. Clayton, is going to be there. Yes, Yondu and Charlotte's grandfather hanging out. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the table I want to sit at. Now, Long Beach Comic Con is a little bit more of a comic-heavy convention. I like when a comic book convention is called a comic book convention, and they actually have comic book people there. That makes me happy. Yes. Um, Mark Wade's going to be there. Matt Wagner. Uh, Mike Mayhew. Scott Collins is going to be there. So it's a good lineup. But the biggie this weekend, I would say, is Dragon Con in Atlanta, Georgia. The Dirty South, if you will. Right. Atlanta GA, as they right. say in Smoking the Bandit. <laughs> as they say in Smoking the Bandit, sure. Mm-hmm. So media guests, uh, we've got William Shatner. We've got George Takei. Oh, oh my. God. James Urbaniak, voice of Dr. Venture, amongst many others from the Venture Brothers. Uh, David Tennant uh, of the <laughs> Jessica Jones TV show and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Uh, good Do- omens he was in good oh, omens oh that's right he was in good omens yes right uh, so now dustin, he has two shows dustin rhodes formerly known as gold dust i guess he won't be uh at the uh, scam show in uh, chicago this weekend <laughs> well it seems like a, a less stressful weekend i'd say <laughs> oh my goodness. uh robert england is going to be there of uh, nightmare on elm street fame and some other b movies from the 70s uh, Martin Cove, Ralph Macchio, and Sensei Lawrence. I mean, William Zabka will be there. I hate that joke, but go ahead. <laughs> you love that joke. How dare you? Uh, but tons and tons of comic book creators, Todd. Yes. Uh, Colleen Dorn is going to be there. Uh, Paul Jenkins, Barry Kitson, uh, Mike McCone, Carrie Nord, aforementioned, uh, he was at a convention, I think, a week or two ago that you were at. Jill Thompson is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, J.M. Demodis is going to be there, Todd. Kevin McGuire is going to be there, Todd. Oh, say hi to Kevin for me. And George Perez making one of his final appearances because he wants to make sure he gets some FaceTime with Salty Keith, who will also be there. Just for the record, Salty Keith, but uh, with George Perez, this is the last show that he will ever do. This is the end of the line? This is the end of the line. He didn't take sketches for this one because this was, a, I think, a fill-in for last year. He was supposed to do Dragon Con, but he wasn't feeling very well. So this is it. This is the last time to meet George Perez and get signatures. And then after that, he says he's never doing a show again. So we'll he, see. Wasn't there something where he had said, like, he'll do signings, but then, like, the one day he's only there to judge the costume contest or something? Maybe. I'm not... 100% sure on that, but I just know it's going to be insane because the last couple of shows, things got out of, not like any pushing or something, but they got out of hand because they're like, we just have to shut these lines down. And people are like showing up with their wheelbarrow full of comics. And it's like five get in line. He's banging them out. And he's not, you know, he's not going to have a wonderful conversation with you because there's a thousand people behind you. Right. So uh, I don't know. Good. If you're going, Good luck and and go with God. That's all I can say. Okay, now I will say this. Um, hang on one second here. 
Okay, so I I just went to his website, right? And he is doing one more convention after this. Oh, is he? Where is that? Yes. At? Okay, so he is doing the MCM Comic Con in London at the end of October. That I okay, maybe it was he was saying the last one in America. Okay, so, okay, right. so uh, the thing that the thing there is, it's a three day convention. He's doing five sketches a day, mm-hmm. only head sketch, hundred bucks a sketch. Yep. Um, and I you know. have to you have to lock your thing in thirty days in advance. Yep, and I even tried to do that for Terrific Con, mm-hmm. and the way it's done is it goes live at midnight, the thir- exactly thirty days before the con, and you have to send your email off and figure out. You have to do like math, like you're like, all right, it takes. I have your email written up, and they're like, what you got to have is your name, what character you want, and like stuff like that. Like they give you a list of things that you need. If any of them aren't in there, you're automatically ejected from the chances. And then you have to kind of like do the math. I sent, I was sitting with the clock because I, I didn't know. And I was watching it, my phone, watching it tick down to midnight. And I sent it exactly at midnight. Right. And I was told that I was too late uh, where somebody who probably sent their email three minutes or two minutes to midnight because it had, takes time to whatever, do go through the server or whatever and got it. And it was like, I was told I was not, I don't have it anymore. What number I was. And it was pretty high. So I don't know what to tell you on that, but that's the, the rundown to get those five sketches a, a day. And they're beautiful. I've seen what he does. Mm-hmm. And then I guess, like he said, after that, I was shocked that he's doing the London one. Uh, I thought he was honestly not doing sketching anymore, but like you said, that, that London cons news to me. Right, and, and that's the thing. I just while we were talking, I went to his, uh, you know, Facebook page just to see what was going on, and then you know it, it popped up maybe, oh boy, three days ago. Oh, then that might be the newsiest news that we. Yeah, have, like so. that's. I'm gonna say that's the newsiest news that ever newsed. There you go. And it's just saying his final UK appearance. Right. So now, hopefully, he'll do like New Zealand. And that'll be his final New Zealand appearance. You know what? UK is an easy enough trip. Let's not push. Oh, if he wants the money. What if they offer him a, uh, a New Zealand truckload of money, which is a slightly different size of truck. But uh, mm. I, maybe he'll go. I don't know. And we did, we did miss. Uh, I think we talked about it a week or two ago when he did his uh, final thing at a fetish con. Yes, but that was not doing any signings and or uh, sketching. He was just there for the con. Right. Right. So, like, because he did say, like, there's no kids here because of what it is, blah, blah, blah. And, like, I would rather use it to, you know, like, why waste it here kind of a thing. And he wants to have fun while he's on vacation. So, some of the... uh... Uh, other folks that are going to be at that. Oh, so that's Dragon Con. We had mentioned that. Uh, all the people that are going to be there. And of course, um, Salty Keith making an appearance. Right, maybe. He was supposed to be a terrific con, too. Oh, boy. <sighs> Salty Keith, uh, he's, el- he's elusive. Yes, he is. He's wiry. <laughs> <laughs> So all the links to these will be in the show notes, of course, uh, with, that accompany this episode when you can find it over at longboxheroes.com or at soon to be named network.com, soon to be named network.tumblr.com, 
or anytime any of the shows in our little network have an episode go up, you could find it there. Or if anyone from the network goes on some other show, uh, you could find it uh, there as well, as long as they remind me, whether it be this show, whether it be Longbox Heroes After Dark, whether it be Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, At Odds With Wrestling, or Final Wrestling Place. And also this week, and I think this week alone, uh, that's how these sort of things work. Uh, David Kincannon, formerly of uh, Everlasting Minute, Podvocacy, and uh, Wrestling on the Edge of Forever, is taking part in one of those minute-by-minute podcasts uh, where they're doing several minutes. He's on this week, so it's five episodes, I would assume, of uh, the middle section, it appears, of the movie The Social Network. Ah, never saw it. I never saw it either. I I watched that one minute. So if you're a fan of that show or if you're a fan of David and you miss him on the uh, other shows that he used to do, you can certainly check him out there. Those are all over at soon-to-be-named-network.com or soon-to-be-named-network.tumblr.com. But before we move on to digital sales and freebies, I got the plugs out of the way, so Todd has free reign to talk <laughs> about his adventures in Philadelphia this past weekend at Keystone Comic-Con. Yes, uh, me and Josh went to Keystone Comic-Con at the Philadelphia Convention Center. Uh, it was a fun little ride down. I love going. Like, I love the fact that we're where we are for like New York or Philly, it's like two hours and, and you're good to go. Uh, we got up in the morning, headed down. Uh, it was in a, it was in one of the other sides of the, the convention center where it usually uh, isn't. They usually have it on the other side, but uh, they were doing uh, renovation. So they moved this over there. Um, got there, got right in at uh, 10 o'clock, uh, got to walk around. It's a small show. Um, I have to say for a read pop show, underwhelming when they do New York. Obviously, nothing's going to be New York, but they also do Chicago, and they also do Seattle that I know of. I'm not sure of where else, but those are like three huge cons. So our Sally was kind of small, and the uh, exhibitor section was small, but it was it was fun. I got to talk to some people. I got to talk to, uh, you know, Barry Kitson, Rick Leonardi. I got to talk to uh, Bill Amend, who was the creator of the Sunday uh, or the, the newspaper comic strip Foxtrot. Uh, got to see uh, Christine the Car was there. Oh, hey. uh, what's his face? A carpenter, the director was there. Um, I didn't get to, to talk to him, but uh, yeah, it was a smaller show. I even got. Uh, we were talking to Josh, who was with me, was talking to Larry Stroman, the artist uh, of X Factor, among other things. And it was funny. So we're talking. Josh is talking to, to Larry Stroman and I'm listening and I'm agreeing. And then like Larry Stroman looked at me and said something. And I started talking. And then all of a sudden I hear Todd and I'm like, "Uh oh, the police. Right. I don't know like what's going on. <laughs> Someone in public knows my name. Exactly. And it was. uh uh, someone on Twitter whose name not that Matt not that Matt Moore. So I'm guessing his name. He told me his name was Matt Matt Moore. He's a gorilla scribe on Twitter. He was there and he had a a presenter or a speaker badge, which kind of interested me because I had never seen a speaker badge. But apparently he was doing a uh, panel, uh, speaking at a panel about Star Wars, I believe. And he was telling me like how he liked the podcast. And he was asking if Joe was there. And I was like, no, Joe hates comic books and comic conventions. So he doesn't come out. But I know I was like, you couldn't make it. But it was cool to see. And it always blows me away when someone 
and, and I'm serious. I, you must have this way more than me because obviously you did more with your, your vocal range in re- announcing wrestling and stuff. And people know you from that, but to still have people, you know, hear my voice and say, Todd, and then tell me they're a big fan of the show. Like takes me, it takes me aback. Like, because we talk about what we do this for. We do this for fun. And I'm like, I don't know. You know, I know we have fans. It's not like I'm going to be that guy. Like, oh, we don't have any fans. But it's always, it's always, you know, I take it to heart and it's nice, but it still surprises me. You know what I mean? Because we're just two guys talking about comics, if that makes any sense to you, Joe. It does. It it does happen less and less uh, for me these days, just because I'm doing commentary less and less. Right. And I I active like the far and few between shows that I do I do put it out there, um, right. saying like hey I'm at the show if you're listening come say hi I'm a nice person I'm not a rotten horrible person even though uh, it would seem that way sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, go ahead. But no, I, I get it. Like the the one time when you and I were at the convention together and someone uh, heard us from like a row away and came running like that yeah. that. That scared me, like not, like, not scared me in the, the way the fan was. It was just like, that had that was actually the first time it had ever happened to me. And I, that was when I knew we were on something here. No, I just, it was just weird. It was fun to see. And that happened a couple of times. That was the Baltimore trip that we did, that we ended up getting them, like the Mark Wade interview. And I think the Gail Simone interview, but like, that was, that was interesting because we met a couple of fans. There was even somebody who was, in a booth doing uh, like, I think they were working for maybe Archie at the time knew who we were too. Yep. So I still, uh, Jay Betancourt, I still talk to him uh, here and there on Twitter. Cause he's a wrestling guy, you know? Oh, well that's cool. You know, even though he's a wrestling guy, but uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, like I said, I, I had, I had a good time at the show. It was a, sh- a smaller show. A lot of people because of the, amount of the size of artist alley which was really small and of like you know a listers there wasn't too many that a lot of people and i heard this which actually was took me back i took me back a little bit was that everybody was like this feels like a wizard show and i was like that's not a compliment you know what i mean like uh, well you know wizard kind of had the monopoly on that building for a very long time right but i think what they mean is what wizard shows have become now okay which is more uh, like because they had some big name stars which weren't there on Friday because the Saturday and Sunday was the, was the big day. Uh, John Carpenter was there and there was a couple other people, but the, they weren't filled up. But I think what they were meaning was that the artist alley wasn't very big and there wasn't a lot of comic book sales and it was more entertainment people. Okay. As a I, I was like, oh, whatever. I said, it's growing pains, but I definitely know for a fact that Reed Pop is trying to get their foothold in Philly and doing the, like working hard to try and get people to come to this show. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they do, because I like having a con that's only two hours away and, and will give me a ticket, Joe. I like that. <laughs> but, uh, and people were at, and, and, uh, Matt Moore did ask me if Josh was you. And I was like, no, <laughs> That's not, that's not, Josh. see that, that they, ju- ju- no, don't, don't insult Josh like that. I feel complimented. If I was Josh, I'd be insulted. Right. But one last thing is, oh, two things. Um, 
One I was at, I don't know the name. I think it was the Jolly Rancher uh, table that they had there. And I ended up getting candy. And then I won more candy on the wheel of of, uh, risk or whatever they have there. It was like, hey, would you like some candy? Yes. Would you like to write a postcard to someone with your name and address in the corner? And we'll mail it anywhere in the world that you want. And I'm like... Yeah, you're not getting my name and address on a postcard. That's very that's very tricky, but you're not getting it. I'll take the candy. I walked over to the candy. Would you like Would you like to spin the wheel? I'm like, yes, I would like to spin the wheel. And uh, they're like, oh, you won more candy. And the guy who was filling up the little Ziploc bags with candy, I walked over to him and he's like, hey, here's some more candy. And then he looked at me and was like, hey, you already have candy. And I was like, well, you're not giving, you're not getting the other candy that you just gave me back. So tough. And, uh, I, I, I left and then we were, me and Josh kept getting hassled by this Verizon person who was like, you know, they had a booth on the floor for Verizon. I'm dumb. I'll give uh, Josh this. He was on his toes. We're walking and I'm not paying attention. I'm in, I'm tired from the car ride and I'm looking for where I want to go and get my sketches lined up and this the, the girl comes up to us and she goes she's like hey w- what cable whatever do you have or whatever and josh looks and he looks at her and he says verizon and in my head i'm like i know he doesn't have verizon right so she asked me she's like what do you have i'm like i have xfinity she's like well i work for verizon and josh looks at me and he's like like you should have said Verizon. I'm like, eh, well, whatever. And I'm, you, I don't you got you 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 figured out the work of the candy postcard scam, but you didn't <laughs> right. figure out this one. Right. Well, the candy was later. The candy. Oh, was okay. Later, okay. But this is the second one. So she's like, well, you know, um, we have many deals. What do you pay? And I'm like, and now I'm interacting with her, which I shouldn't be doing. And I'm like, I tell her how much I'm paying for cable. And she's like, well, we could give you a better discount than that. And I said, yeah, for two. And now I'm full in. I'm not taking any of your garbage mode. Like, I'm like, and you're going to jack up my price in two years. And I'm going to be paying just what I pay over here. And you don't have the cable modem speed in my area. And she's like, well, yeah, well, in two years, we'll call you and let and ask you if you're happy with your thing. And then we'll negotiate a lower price. I'm like, I'm sure you will. That's not happening. At no point are you going to call me up and ask me if I want to pay less for your product. And she like kind of looked at me, right? So we walked off, right? Walked around the con for another two hours. Now she's not at her booth. She's she's hunting people on the floor. She walks straight up to us, and she doesn't remember us. And which I'm shocked because I'm a shambling mound in a black shirt. Just like she's like, what cable provider do you have? And Josh, without a beat, just goes, "We've been through this." <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> And she looks at us and you could just see the wave of realization coming over her, right? So she wanders off. An hour later, we're walking down an aisle. She's got a clipboard. She's looking at the clipboard, looking to her right, looking to her left. Josh is looking away. So only I see this now. The head comes up, starts to mouth the word, who, as in who's who's your cable provider, sees it's us, a look of disgust and just turns hard right and goes down the aisle. I'm like, Josh, we just missed her again. And he's like, oh, did you? I was like, and I told him, I said, oh, I wish I saw that. I was like laughing. I'm like, just what I need to be hassled about my cable provider on the, on the comic floor. I just found that amusing. They so. have a captive audience. Mm-hmm. They pay whatever the cost for a booth is. It mm-hmm. gets them into the convention. 
you know, and like I said, it's a captive audience. They could just hassle people. Right. Which makes me laugh because this is the convention. I think we were actually on this side back in the day. This is the Assassin Creed place. Did I ever tell you that story? No. Where I'm in Philly. Like, this is years ago. This is, I'll tell you how long ago this is. Davy Jr. was working at the shop. And we took Davy Jr. down, me, Matt, and somebody else down to Philly for, for a con. And this is where I introduced him to Rage Against the Machine, which was one of my greatest things ever is introducing him to Rage Against the Machine. But as we're there, we're in the convention. There's a cosplayer as Assassin's Creed. Do you know anything about Assassin's Creed, Joe? Yeah, sure. I know all about It's like time travel stuff and maybe right. like... So he's just like a, like a ninja or like an yes. assassin, maybe. That's, that's the best way to put it. He's like a ninja. And he has assassin. a creed about yes. what he could do. Sure, Apollo Creed. But he has this thing where he's going through the crowd and he could slip through a crowd. So, like, what he does is he kind of like when you're playing the video game, he'll put his hand on on the on the person in the crowd's arm and kind of slide through them and sh- and not shove them, but gently nudge them out of the way so he could go faster through a cr- crowd while being followed. Well, there was this kid at as, in an Assassin's Creed outfit, and he's at the con. Now we're at a a lesser known wizard con in Philly, so the aisles aren't packed. So what he's doing is he's walking down the aisle trying to find people. So he has to walk three steps to his left and touch somebody's arm and pretend like he nudges them and then walks like two, four steps to the right of the aisle so he can nudge, pretend to nudge somebody else. Now he's not pushing anybody, but he is doing that. Well, he did this to me like six times on the con, (laughs) right? And I'm like, all right, like don't walk over to me and nudge me, right? And we're talking back and forth and somebody said it was like, uh, I just got nudged again by that Assassin's Creed guy. And I'm talking to Davy Jr. He's looking right at me. And I'm like, yeah, if that Assassin's Creed guy <laughs> touches me one more time, I'm going to, you know, blankety blank, blank, blank. All of a sudden, Davy bursts out laughing. I'm like, what? He goes, as you were saying that, he was walking up right behind you. And he had his hand like three inches from your arm heard what you were saying and just turned left and took off like a shot because he because he heard you screaming and i'm like well man hopefully he's not going to touch me anymore like you know in this he's learned his lesson exactly keep your hands to yourself you know so keep your verizon pitches elsewhere exactly but give me all the candy baby (laughs) so uh are you uh going to new york next month Ish, six weeks yes. from now, whenever it is. I am definitely going to New York all four days. Oh, my goodness. Uh, a local friend of the show who's an extraordinary artist has uh, four-day passes and uh, a table at the show. And we have a hotel outside the city uh, ready to go. And in like 50 days, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be at one day or two and maybe even two for Baltimore. So oh, this, okay. I'm I'm in con mode this year, baby. I'm like boots on the ground at these shows. Yeah, you ain't kidding, man. Yep. Now if I just reported some things, that'd be great. Oh, you just did. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, but anyway, thank you very much. I'm living vicariously through you with all of these uh, con adventures, Todd. Mm-hmm. If you want to see Joe at Baltimore, bombard him on Twitter to get him to go. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to get muted. Oh, well. well I mean... 
yes, do that. <laughs> uh, but no, the uh, digital sales and freebies, of course. Uh, freebies have not changed from the last week or two, which are still those uh, newer what-if issues. Uh, Images Road 300 issue for Spawn is still going on. Uh, Boom is having a sale on their Jim Henson-related stuff. I guess there's some sort of new Dark Crystal thing happening. Right. Uh, DC is having a sale that's just called a Labor Day sale, and I only mention this, of course, because it's kind of just like a catch-all sale with, like, top-tier hits, I guess. I'm not really sure, but there's a ton of Rebirth stuff in there, and whenever there's Rebirth stuff, you know, we always kind of like to direct you there, and they also have a bunch of recent uh, releases here, so I'm just trying to look to see, uh, just to kind of give you an idea. Issue five of issue four of the Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three came out last month, right? And they have the first three issues of it up at ninety nine cents. Okay, so we're talking books that are like two months old, three months old, are you know ninety nine cents. So check that sort of stuff out if there's newer DC stuff that you're looking for. Uh, a lot of top tier trades, like five bucks and under, and then you know your classics. It's a mix of DC and Vertigo stuff, uh, and also Marvel is having a sale on Black Panther stuff, as we didn't mention it during the bulk of the show. But they officially announced that they are doing a Black Panther th- two, which everyone just assumed that they were doing because mm-hmm. it was so successful, but it wasn't announced in the big round of announcements. So they did it at the uh, the D twenty three Expo. Right. That made, I think it made some money that Black Panther. Yeah, and it won some awards, and it did a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that being said, let's get into what we read from this past week. I guess let's start with the book that we were both most looking forward to coming out this week, which was Criminal Number no. 7, uh, written by Ed Brubaker with art by Sean Phillips. Yes, which uh, basically this is uh, Ricky, who's Teague Lawless's son, um, he's hanging out with his friends and then, you know, he becomes, he becomes a bit of a jerk, breaks up the, the game of Dungeons and Dragons that they're playing. And he goes off with his friend, uh, Leo, and he distra- starts describing a situation, how his father, his father's Teague Lawless, right? I get confused. Yes. Uh, Teague has come home with this, this woman from the past couple of issues and how like life has changed changed with him being there and how you know the 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 father is and and his situation and you know they're off drinking uh ricky and leo his friend leo and they're discussing all this and they end up seeing someone that ricky knows from the past and we don't we have no real information as what it is but he's basically saying this person i recognize they don't recognize me and at the end he ends up staying at Leo's house for a reason that they disclose at the end, which I think has something to do with the person that he recognizes. Um, overall, once again, this is a great, you know, criminal uh, episode. There's a lot of banter going back and forth between Ricky and Leo about their lives and stuff like that. And the one thing that I do like is every issue of criminal has a hook for me, whether even if it's all joking aside with the wrestling one where you're like, you're like uh, Ed knew Ed Brubaker knew somebody who wrestled in Japan 
or when they did the comic convention one, that these comic comic conventions were were real. The hook for this one for me is like he's talking about his father, and there's a moment where he discusses that his father has like changed in his eyes. And I think that's interesting because for me, there's a moment in every, you know, boy or young man's life when their father, you know, their father's a God up to a certain point. And then somewhere along the lines, we find out that they're just a person like everybody else. Like there's that moment, the Godhood is swept away and whether for whatever reason. And I, this honestly, in a weird way, kind of remember, made me remember when I my father wasn't perfect, wasn't the shining hope of Beacon or the, the God that I knew. He was human. And in a weird way, Ed Brubaker writing about that brought me into the book ab- above everything else. And that was the hook for this issue. And once again, being a big part of an overall storyline, which I'm totally interested in. But, you know, like I said, Ed Brubaker writes a good book. Right. So we know... That this we we were told in the very first issue of this return run that mm. this is going to culminate with Teague dying. Right. Right now, Teague is on an upswing in his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and Jane are very happy together. They're living in a much better house. Uh, things are going well for him and Jane together, but because it's so different than the life that Ricky knew, he's resentful of his father. Right. And that's where a lot of the things that you just mentioned about seeing his father as a real person, as opposed to whatever the imaginary thing that he had built up in his dad, where his dad was probably in a much worse place when he was the titular criminal of the book. And now that he's actually, you know, living high on the hog and cleaned up and trying to live a straight life and has a girl and is happy, Ricky's resentful. Not so much because he's a teenager, but, you know, it's a sign that he's losing the dad that he knows. Mm-hmm. And they they do a really good job of kind of building that up and how much of a delinquent Ricky is. And there is still the mystery there of how is Teague going to die? You know, and right. we're given like three different clues in this of ways that it could happen. But knowing the way that Ed Brubaker writes a book, it's going to be none of these things. That's exactly what I was saying. These are mysteries, and mysteries are supposed to surprise you. Yes, he's going to get hit by a bus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't mean to laugh at that, but ha-ha-ha. I'm hoping somebody drops an anvil on him. <laughs> but yeah, Criminal is great, you know? Um, whether you're waiting for... Like, I know they're doing a weird thing with the way that they're collecting this particular run, and, you know, right. you have to respect Brubaker for the way that he's presenting these things, but... There's nothing from stopping you to getting the single issues of this book, you know, whether it be mm-hmm. digitally or going to your store, whatever it is. Uh, you know, Criminal is a great book to stay, you know, day and date on. I agree. Now, one of the other books that we both read from this past week uh, that we will uh, discuss here is the, or, you know, kind of at the end of the first arc of City of Bane over in Batman 77. Written by Tom King with art by both Tony Daniel and Mikkel Janine. Mm-hmm. So this very much is some sort of weird alternate reality. Some sort of weird alternate reality where Bane has taken over. Thomas Wayne from the Flashpoint universe is Batman. Uh, Gotham Girl from the very beginning of the Tom King run is his Robin, per se. Mm-hmm. 
And all of the criminals are the police. Uh, Bruce Batman has shown up in recent issues and he is being cared for by Catwoman. But maybe that may not be what it seems to be. Uh, All the while, we do have two different Alfreds floating around. One appears to look more like, you know, Silver Agey. And then one that is our current Alfred, who knows what's going on and is kind of being kept captive by Bane. Okay. Uh, I disagree, but go ahead. No, oh, so go ahead. What, what, before we get to the book, what, what are you disagreeing with me on? I don't think we're in an alternate reality. I think this is our reality. Okay. So where does this fit in with everything else that's going on in the DC universe? doesn't matter it's the tom king you and i know what you're saying but like tom king gets free reign and i think that maybe might have might have been part of the problem with him you know that they don't he's not playing well in the sandbox if you will but i think this is all straight up the city city of bane is happening in the dc universe as we speak the reason i think that it's some sort of alter is because psycho pirates around there's some sort of something. Maybe it's in somebody's head he's putting all this. or There's something. When mm-hmm. that's, that's why I'm saying, because we had the thing last issue where Captain Adam showed up. Right. And it was very easily dispatched of. Okay. And none of the other Bat family people are here. But maybe it's... Okay, so maybe it's something that's taken Gotham out. Like, just by glance, if you were Superman or some sort of other person and you walked by or you flew by or whatever, you went by Gotham. Everything Mm -hmm. looks okay. But if you have, like, a third eye or you're something or whatever, you know something is out of sorts. Okay. And that's where I'm saying it's like some sort of alter. It may not be an alternate reality, but something is being altered to cause this to happen. See, I'm under a complete different thing that it is happening. The it is all uh, it's his. And as much as I like Tom King, Tom King likes to mine past ideas and he is mining uh, night. What was the cataclysm? And this is his I'm doing cataclysm and the city is shut off, but it's shut off willingly. From other people, no people, no no people in, no people out, no supers, because in the, like one of the past issues, like he said, there's an or- a presidential order to not come into Gotham City, but Captain Adams like I've ignored orders, and he gets his butt handed to him by Gotham Girl, but the people Bane and uh, Flashpoint Batman Thomas Wayne are worried about is the Bat people, and the Bat people, he said, if any if any Bat people lay their boots on the ground, and this is why it didn't happen with Captain Adam is we're going to do something horrible to Alfred. And this is the story of Tim Drake going, I don't take orders very well either. Ah, was that Tim Drake or was that uh, Damien? Damien, I'm sorry, Tim Drake. The the costume threw me off. You're right. You're right. Uh, Just misspoke. Sorry about that. Um, This is Damien going, I don't take orders very well. And none of them know. I don't know if he says that, but I'm here on my own. And and basically he gets caught and Bane tells him, uh, you and this is we, we gave you the warning and now the repercussions though I think the repercussions are psycho pirate or something else right so that's, that's why I'm okay so a big thing happens in this and Todd kind of alluded to it a little bit 
That's why I think all of this is some sort of psychopirate hallucination, alternate reality, mindscape, projection, something. Right. I think the I think only the one moment is a psychopirate hallucination and or Clayface. So there's stuff that happens in this issue with Bruce and Selena, where they're on the couch in the apartment, then they're at the fancy restaurant, and then they're suited up, ready to go. Right. And Catwoman says words to the effect of, you know, this is not what it seems, I could make all this change, you know, we could fix this. Mm-hmm. So it's leading me to believe because we're seeing these, you know, things happen over quick time for them going, you know, out of their costumes in the apartment to the fancy restaurant that appears to be in some sort of foreign country to them being costumed up and ready to go. There's something more to this. There's some some sort of altered thing. But, you know, like we talked before with Criminal. This is a mystery. I've been right. involved with Batman on the Tom King run since the very beginning of this. I'm, we, you know, we may have some disagreements on exactly where this is going and what things are supposed to mean, but I, I'm here for the ride. Oh, I, I'm here for the ride also. And I think the whole thing with Batman and Catwoman is just Batman, like last issue we had him, is time is passing they they're just using what's going on here he's using it as a as a device to show time passing is batman at the beginning of issue 76 is destroyed both physically and mentally catwoman has to take care of him by robbing and stealing and and just taking care of him now we're to the point where it's weeks later i don't know like but and robin damien has had enough that's why he busts into gotham but all that really is is just a device to show a long time has passed that's I, hmm. just all conjecture and hopefully in the next couple issues one of us will either be proven right or wrong or both of us wrong you know right or somebody will tweet at us and tell us how we're both dum-dums exactly but that's my take that's your take which i think is an interesting i mean is it does that make the good the book good or bad you know like when you can have several different takes on it yeah i don't know you know but either way here we go. We're going into the home stretch before Bat and Cat. Right. And I'll I'll throw this out there. This is the best Damien has been written since uh, Grant Morrison was writing the Batman and Robin book and Dick Grayson was Batman. I, I agree, except for the part when remember when they had that uh that in in Tom King's run where Batman and Catwoman went to the Middle East and they kind of had the they kind of had at home like Alfred spilling the beans to what was going on with uh, with them. And Damien's like, well, we got to go to the Middle East and stop them. I think, like, I agree. Like, he he had Damien earlier in this run. Just bits and pieces, but he gets Damien. Yep. Once again, Grant Morrison creating a character, doing terrible things with him, and somebody else comes on and goes, hey, this is a really good idea. I'm going to make it work. Yes. So before we get to uh, what we're looking forward to next uh, this week, James of the Mutant Minute sadly is sick. Uh, He has come down with infectious diphtheria. Really? That sounds... And cannot do the... No, he didn't get the legacy virus, Todd. Oh. But you could tweet at James at jamesenda, E-N-D-A-1, 
and tell him how you missed the mutant minute this week. It'll make him feel better while he's unable to speak, but going to a barcade to play as Dazzler in the X-Men arcade game. Well, let me ask you a question. If he doesn't have like the extremely bad legacy virus, does he have the slightly better armacy virus? I'm not getting that one. He's legacy arm a C. Oh, okay. See, it's like a leg mm-hmm. and then an arm. When you explain these things, they're much funnier. They are always funnier when I explain them. Yes. But so uh, what we're looking forward to coming out this week, if you head over to longboxheroes.com every Tuesday around 530 Eastern time or so, we put up the pull post, link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you wait for the trades, however it is you get your books, be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out this week. Uh, Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, Todd is still in the lead with seven correct guesses over me. And, uh, you know, we'll see. I'm going to still keep soldiering forward, attempting to close the gap. Looking at your list, it really could be anything. Mm-hmm. You get a lot of books, Todd. I do get a lot of books. Well, don't forget, this is the week where a lot of all that Superman stuff carries over because the books were canceled and then reissued. Right. So I'm going to guess the book that you're most looking forward to coming out this week is Thanos number five. It is not Thanos number five. It is Thor 16, which I was told, if I'm wrong, is the end of Jason Aaron's regular monthly book. And then the end of the story will continue in uh, Old Man uh, Thor, whatever it is. Uh, that, Thor. Yeah, that's correct. This is the last Thor title. And then September, it gets a new number one as King Thor. Right. So my second guess. Go ahead. All right. Um, is the book you're looking forward to most uh, Absolute Carnage number two? It is Absolute Carnage number two. Right. Uh, like I said, Thor 16 was the second book on my list. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more uh, Absolute Carnage, you know, the uh, the thinking man's summer event. And I like over my list, too, that you're a, my amazing spidey Erman 28. Yeah. When you yell at me for how I put the hy- don't put the hyphens in and then you put them in wrong, makes me grin like the Joker. Well, I got the list late this week. I was under the gun. Right. Well, I I worked hard to get it to you. Sorry. Worked hard or hardly worked? Uh, worked. I worked in myself until I was worked into a work, brother. I don't oh, know. brother, brother, brother. Right. So while you're over at longboxheroes.com, of course, be sure to check out all the other stuff that Todd and I have done in the past, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of After Dark, all the other stuff that we did there. And there's many ways that you could support us there as well, Uh, some more easy than others. You could always sign up for our Patreon. As little as a dollar a month will get you advanced access to some of the old podcasts that Todd and I did with our good buddy DJ. $5 a month gets you two-day early access to the After Dark episodes on top of that as well. You could also buy shirts or stickers or pins through our uh, store link there if you want some more designs, whether it be soon-to-be-named network designs or add-outs with wrestling designs. You can also check out our Tee Public store. But if you don't want to do any of those, but you need to do some other normal shopping, you can click our Amazon banner across the top of the page. 
does not charge you anything extra, gives us something called an advertising fee because without us, you would not know Amazon exists. That little <laughs> tiny company up to no good. We're here to point you in their direction. Some of the notable purchases uh, through the Amazon click through this past week, Todd, uh, someone purchased the following items. And I'm going to guess it was all the same person. Mm-hmm. And they're probably getting ready for back to school. They purchased a 22 count of Snyder's of Hanover Pretzel variety pack. Ooh, that's good pretzels. A 105 count of Twizzler licorice candy individual packs. I like candy, as I stated before in the podcast. A 12 pack of Cheetos crunchy cheese flavored snacks. Mm, cheese flavored salt, yes. They also purchased a 10 count of Simply Cheetos Puffs white cheddar cheese flavored snacks. Mm. Is the legal wrangling they're getting around there? Yes. A 12 count of Lay's Poppable Sea Salt Potato Snacks, not mm. chips. Uh, they also purchased a 40 pack of Ruffles Potato Chips of the Cheddar Sour Cream variety. They're they also purchased. Oh, I'm sorry. They're too sharp. They cut my gooms. Oh, boy. <laughs> that and all the uh, hard candy and gummy candy that you eat yes, somehow. Yes. Yep. Uh, a Doritos Cheetos mix variety pack, 18 count. And the Frito-Lay Fun Time Mix variety pack, 28 count. That is a lot of snacking. That's right. Somebody's getting ready for back to school. You don't know. Maybe they're getting ready for football. Ugh, nobody's Nobody's getting ready for football. But... We're a week away from getting your picks in. <laughs> That's right. One week, and then uh, we'll have the next show, and then it'll be like two days to kick off, and Kablamo will be ready to go. I'm hoping we get a, a bunch more people because it's, you know, the more the merrier. When I win, that way I can lord it over more people than they're already there. Well, I think we have a healthy number of people. Um, yeah, I know. We haven't gone over to a second page so it's less than 50 yes that's when you go i think 50 is the mark to pick to second page and let me just look here right now just to see who my favorite uh name is is it words no it's not that did you contact him because you know i love when he joins up i do see quinn big 80s in there i like that Right. Someone's stealing Wordsy's uh, thunder there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, you know, and uh, I, I, I'm a big fan if you're someone who has multiple accounts mm-hmm. that you're hedging your bets. You know, picking one way one week and another way the other week just so, uh, you know. Right. <laughs> you're going to win everything, I guess. I don't if know. I'm going to pick a name, it's got to be Lab- Labrigani of Pickums. That's a good name. Mm-hmm. So. So thanks, everyone, for purchasing anything through the Amazon click-through. Thanks for any of the purchases made in our store or the Tee Public store. And thanks, of course, to all of our patrons who are still sticking with us month in and month out. Uh, what started as a spiteful thing by Todd has now become a burgeoning uh, enterprise here over at longboxheroes.com. Well, spiteful? I'm never spiteful. Actually, I'm fueled by spite, to tell That's you the right. truth. And uh, to end the show, Todd, do we have any art attacks this week? Yes, we do. From uh, T-Bolt712. Hey, Todd's Art Attack. Check this out. At its terrific con this year, I was very fortunate to get a Superman sketch from Dan Jurgens in my sketchbook. I suppose you could say I'm super lucky. And I don't know if you know this. Uh, Dan Jurgens does a pretty good Superman there, Joe. 
I think T-Bolt's uh, 720 or whatever is a uh, code number there at the end. has been hanging around you too much. What? How could you? Uh, I think the more you hang around with me is the better. I think you need to start doing some of these jokes. Mm-hmm. And also, there's a Todd's Art Attack from a guy named Todd's Art Attack. Um, a Carrie Nord Conan head sketch in my book. Uh, obviously, it was hit because of him and Kurt Busick that I first tried Conan. I've been a fan ever since and because i tagged mr busick conan uh carrie nord is not on twitter um this one blew up for me i almost hit 50 likes which is a lot for my my art attack so that made me very very happy but i think you know for a a cheaper head sketch i could have got color or a bust for more uh i think he captures uh conan very well in a quick you know black and white little sketch and i like the white high he used uh white highlights in the hair for uh to get that like shine in his flowing uh, Conan locks. Yeah. Carrie Nord is a very good artiste. And you and, guessed uh, it. If you're, if you're not getting a Conan from him, you got to get a daredevil from him. That's when I put the, the C uh, N out. You were like daredevil or Conan. I like when you play that game. I like, you usually know, I'll give you credit. I don't uh, know if I... When I'm around and on Twitter, sometimes yeah. on the weekends, I do my best to try to stay away. Exactly. But I do know, I'm wondering if I stooge too much off to you or you're just a good guesser of what my tastes are. Um, well, I could figure it out because typically it's a show that we just did the notes for. Right. And I could look at the list of folks that I mentioned that are going to be at said convention. Right. And I could look at the initials that you're tweeting out and the list that I have in my email still of everyone who's going to be at said convention. Right, and uh, I could piece it together. I don't come right out and say it's like, oh, it's this person. No, but, but you're you're usually close. I'll give you that. Yeah. New York. When I started it last year at New York, because there was a couple that you missed on because uh, you didn't have like like some people aren't on the artist alley thing. They're at you know uh, what do you call it companies tables and stuff yeah. like that. So I threw a few out, and you were missing them. But I was like, but otherwise. You're pretty, you're pretty close to know what I'm looking for, what I'm cruising the artist alley for. So I give you credit. Big props, big guy. So that's it? That's all we got on the Art Attack this week? That's all the Art Attacks that we have. All right. Well, that's all we got for a show this week. Wow. That's right. No TV, no nothing else. Oof, uh, we, we, un- we padded under- this uh, this one out, and uh, we're under, uh, let's say... Uh, an hour 20? Yeah, we're definitely under an hour 20. We're right around like an hour 10. All right, there we go. Eh, it might I- be like an hour 12 when I put like the music and stuff in, you know? I wish I... Eh, whatever. I But I'm glad I bet the under. So yeah. I'm ready, I'm ready for betting season, Joe. Oh, boy. <sighs> no betting sponsors on this show. But anyway... Everyone, thank you very much for listening to episode 465 of the Lamborghini of Comic Book Podcasts. For Todd, this is Joe saying, see y'all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. <laughs>